Welcome to Against the Louds, Cousin Sal here, and usually joining me is my degenerate trifecta, but I gave them the rest of the week off. Yes, it's like load management in the NBA. I'm letting them gear up for the second half of the season, and between Harry drinking his brother's bathwater and Parlay Kid losing his voice, I thought now might be a good time. Honestly, listen to the Parlay Kid's voice on Monday. It's funny, somebody was asking, somebody on Twitter was asking for a mute button for me. Um, what are they going to think now? This is This is amazing. Yeah, that's real. He actually sounds like a parlay kid going through parlay puberty. Anyway, we thought we would take a look back at some of our favorite interviews. And with WrestleMania right around the corner, we decided to remind you of the great wrestling talent we had on the show this year, including Drew McIntyre and one of my all-time favorites, The Miz, and the great Johnny Knoxville, who even though he was only in the Royal Rumble for 93 seconds, is a very important action-filled 93 seconds. So here it is. Enjoy these interviews with these superstars of the squared circle. Former two-time WWE champion, eight-time Intercontinental champion, two-time U.S. champion. It goes on and on. Tag team titles. He and his family, you can see them every week on Miz and Mrs. Mike the Miz, Mizanin, and former head writer of Monday Night Raw, and now big shot television executive at Seven Bucks, Miz's arch nemesis outside the ring, Brian Gewertz. What's happening, guys? Hey, Did you see Brian's tweet, by the way, before WrestleMania? Like, my friend, my friend, Brian, Brian literally puts out, like, I wish everyone a safe and happy and healthy WrestleMania, dot, 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 even the Miz. Oh. Even the Miz. As much as it pains me to say that. Yeah. Like, gee, thanks. As opposed <laughs> to, except for the Miz. And by right, the way, that's I true. like your background. I like that you... um supported Bobby Lashley and got an official Bobby Lashley title belt in the background. I love your background of all Mets stuff. Like, come on, you can be a real New Yorker over there. What are you talking about? (laughs) Sal and I are wall brothers. Sal gets it. That's true. I have the orange stripe though, which adds about uh, $37 of value to uh, us. There's only two, uh, there's only seven panels from Shea stadium with the numbers on them. And Sal and I account for two of them. And you're the only two that really care about that information as well. <laughs> I got my number 12 Lindor Jersey on just for you. I Yeah. I, you know, we, we had Franklin, you know, he was amazing. He was incredible. And now I feel once he leaves, like what, what Cleveland Indians do, does is they bring people up. We have right. prospects that we bring people up, we make them, and then you shell out a ton of money for them, and they don't produce what they're doing. How's Kluber doing for you, Sal? Uh, yeah, for me? I don't, <laughs> he's not doing anything for me. You're wearing a New York Yankees cap. <laughs> no, it's you? a Met hat. I just try to jazz it up with the with the Dodgers colors. But no, I'm all Mets, too. It's Brian, Brian and I. But what, what memorabilia, your big Cleveland Indians, Browns, if you could have any memorabilia from either of those stadiums, what would you choose? Uh, I, I would want the municipal stadium, of course. And uh, I would probably want like a seat from like the first base side, because I remember when I was a kid, my dad and I, we used to go to the municipal stadium. Like I'm talking, I was maybe like seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. We would go before the doors even opened and we would wait out there. Nobody would be in line because nobody went to those games and it, it held like a hundred thousand people, maybe a thousand showed up. So we'd buy like two dollar seats and literally sit right on the first base side. I'll never forget. I was uh, we were playing the Yankees, and uh, the first baseman, not Don Mattingly, of course. Uh, <laughs> the ball came over, and he missed the ball. He ran over, and he gave me a baseball, and it was my first baseball I've, I was ever given. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Really? Another guy that I remember, uh, I had a program, and people would come over and autograph, and I was there honestly 
almost every day. Like every time we had a home game, my dad and I would go. Hmm. Uh, Mark Lewis, do you remember him? Because you probably don't because you're not a Cleveland guy, but he was like a utility guy. He wasn't really a big, huge star or anything, but he would always come over and he'd always autograph for me. And I'll never forget that. So I would want like a, I guess maybe just a, a seat from the first base side because that's where we always were. That's, I feel like we could do that, right? I mean, isn't that very doable to get Miz a seat from the first base side? Um, the municipal stadium that's been gone for like 20 years. I think I we can get so. it. We'll so find is, it. Is it weird for you, Miz, in all seriousness, that the best memories of Cleveland Indians that you have growing up is from a fictional team from the movies? <laughs> I mean, uh, no, because uh, they made the movie for us. And honestly, I feel like the Indians are that team that's always in the playoffs, are always winning. And they just haven't gotten the big one yet. You know, we lost to the Cubs, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. And I, that was very heartbreaking. Uh, Adonis just crushed us. I thought we were actually going to win that game, um, but we didn't. I remember I was on a flight to, I think it was like Abu Dhabi. And Nemeth and I are sitting, or Heel Ziegler, Dolph Ziegler. Um, mm-hmm. We were sitting next to each other and we were listening to my Sirius XM. And I was able to get it on the plane. So, but it kept cutting out. So if you remember that game, game seven, like it was going to like, I think extra innings, it felt like, I think we were in extra innings and uh, we were like hitting the ball. We were, we were, I thought we were going to win and then it would go out. So we'd be like, Oh my God. And there's the man. <laughs> and we'd be like, Oh my God, what just happened? What just, and me and Dolph were in this plane going, Oh my God, what just happened? Did we win? Did we lose? What happened? And we ended up losing, but Man, it was it was a whirlwind of a ride that season, and I think they always are a team that has great coaching, great upbringing. Like they know how to bring up like really good talent and make them into something. I think Sybil is going to be uh, a, another star uh, pitcher for the Cleveland Indians. Um, I actually have him in the League of Leagues because I'm smart mm. like that. But um, but yeah, man, it's it's interesting. How are you guys doing in the League of Leagues right now? By the way, and we're, we're, talking, we're talking baseball. Well, okay. Well, you should understand what the League of Leagues is. You know, it's this three-sport league that covers baseball, basketball, and football. Right. But Sal and I won the initial year That's that right. it came, despite playing Who won last year? I think, well, last year is being, you know, it's like a month and a half left in the NBA season. And Who won the last complete season, Brian? You and I did. You, wait, who? Me and what? Wait, I, 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 you just confused everyone. You technically, you technically won, but just like the zoom every two seconds, it was like, how do I make a free agent move? Like there's literally an email explaining how to make a free agent move. How come I didn't miss the, how come the deadline happened? There's literally an email explaining. So like, I basically was your co-GM because every single question that you had that was explained (laughs) in full detail multiple times across many emails. I had I to feel like, this is what you do with Sal. Like that's the only, only bit of knowledge that you give is like technology knowledge. You don't really have any knowledge about <laughs> sports, baseball, basketball, true. football. You're just the guy that sits on the computer and goes, wait, I should, I should pick this guy. I should get this guy, Sal. Gee, you think so? This Your guy? Is incorrect. Wait, let me just say, I want to give Miz a call. Com- I think this might not come off as a compliment, but Brian, if you would have guessed in Miz's 
tenure here in the League of Leagues, which is a, a it's a ludicrous league. I mean, the fact that you only win like four thousand, you should win fifty thousand dollars for this because it takes up you really every should. second a lot of, of your time. Oh, it's ridiculous because there's no such thing as a trade that can't go down. So for you and I are just in a football league, Miz, and I say I need wide receivers, and you're like, well, I need wide receivers too, so we're screwed. No, there's none of that here because I could trade you a catcher for a for a, you know, a backup running back or something, the possibilities are endless. So there's endless amount of time put in. But I will say, Brian, if I if you had a bet, Miz is either going to come in first or last place, and both are even money, and one of them is going to happen. You definitely would have said last place. You would have thought he'd lose interest, he'd kick ass in football, and not pay attention to everything else. So hats off, very busy guy. He's on flights to Abu Dhabi every three days. I think he has finished in first and last place because the year before oh. he won, I think he was in. That's not true. I didn't come in last. No, I've never come in last. That that's a complete lie, a fabrication. That that's what you do, Brian. You're a liar, and <laughs> I tell the truth. And if you want to hear the truth, I won last year, last full season. And mm-hmm. the year before that, I think was my first season. And right. I, think I, I can't, I was in the middle. Like I wasn't in the top. I wasn't in the bottom. I was right in the middle. This is honestly an easy league full of dummies. And, really? Uh, I, agree with I look at it and I go, this is a cakewalk. So especially the fact that you can trade like NBA players for football and basketball, like this year, I knew I wasn't going to win the whole thing. And if I'm not going to win the whole thing, I'm done. Like I was in third place. I was, I was in the money rankings and I gave up. I said, I didn't even give up. I said, I'm going to concentrate on next year. So I'm going to call Brian because Brian's the easiest target. And I'm just going to take all of his keepers and for next year. And then I'm going to set myself up. And right now I am set up to win this entire league for this year because I either win or I don't care. I hate that part of it though, because you can tank at the end of the year and you're giving someone else the title, right? What was the big, you big the deal? title? Are you, or at least you should have the title, but you're not going to get it. I don't We're like it. Brian on your side. I don't like it. Brian, so Brian, you're claiming that there should be an asterisk by Mrs. Wynn because it was a COVID year and it'll never go down like like the way we You know what? It. We'll give Mrs. year. I mean, actually, we're going to win the COVID year one because oh. it has to. So yeah, you can put an asterisk, <laughs> asterisk on yours. Oh, forget huh? about that then. Yeah, yeah, forget I said anything. But we'll be two-time champions. That's fine. Just like Miz is a two-time WWE champion. Right. Let's talk about wrestling and WrestleMania. Miz, I have to think if uh, Brian's tweet hurt your feelings, um, getting pinned by a civilian in front of many millions must have really devastated you. Who was it? It was Bad Bunny. Uh, got the pin. I love one, that you're, two, three you're, you're, you. you're playing your age there, Sal. Bad uh, Bunny might be one of the biggest names in the world right now. There's The Rock. There's Bad Bunny. Like right. honestly, this guy is huge. Well, he's not a he is, uh, yeah. a, the, one of the biggest recording artists out there. Just won a Grammy. Musical <laughs> okay. guests on SNL. Like yeah. did the Super Bowl with Shakira and J Lo. The guy's right. a huge, huge superstar. He right, but if you got if you got pinned by Elton, if you got hit, pinned by Elton John, it, it would be. Um, yeah, I mean, what? What? So he he won <laughs> a Grammy. Be I pinned by Elton John. Are you kidding me? That, oh. I mean, He's a huge name, but let's put it this way. People have said that this was the best celebrity match at WrestleMania in the history of WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. And we all know that it doesn't take one person to make that match. It takes the entire crew. And Mm -hmm. I will put it on Damian Priest. I'll put it on John Morrison, myself, and Bad Bunny. We created a match that literally got people not only talking, but saying that it could be the best match of WrestleMania. Like when people even put you in that category, that's a huge honor and a huge statement. And uh, did I get pinned? 
Sure, I got pinned. Brian was probably clapping, had his popcorn in his mouth in his stupid Mets room, just <laughs> cheering up a storm. But the thing is, he he put in the work and he earned my respect. Uh, is that satisfactory to you, Brian? Yeah, well, here's the thing. I want I agree with Miz. I think that was the best celebrity match in the history mm-hmm. of WWE. I agree, you know, in all seriousness, it doesn't take one person, it takes two, in this case four. To make it really good. And Miz did everything, um, you know, like Bad Bunny doesn't look as great as he does without Miz's contribution to the match. I don't like the but, way this is heading. This is there's no friction. But here's, but here's okay. the thing. Here's yeah. the interesting thing. Basically, and this has been talked about, this is like widely, and this might be a good thing, it might be a bad thing. But essentially, Miz, what you've done is essentially ruin celebrity matches mm. for the next at least 10 years. Because, I mean, like Sal... And yes. This is how Sal and I met. Sal came aboard like 2007, 2008. Yeah. He had a perfectly good match with Santino on SmackDown. Thank you. And Sal, he won. He did the airplane spin. He did a suplex. He sold. And if he did that tomorrow, the audience would crap all over it. They would? You bet, you bet, yes, because it, you didn't do a Canadian destroyer. You didn't do a dive outside onto the ring like Bad Bunny did. Bad right. Bunny essentially... That match is like the Heath Ledger of celebrity wrestling matches in which mm-hmm. like you have to wait 10 years before you could try that again because it's going to pale in comparison. to Not Yeah, Rock. that sucks. When, when you were head writer of Monday Night Raw and we had a guest host each and every week, who would you yeah. put that guest host? Jericho. Oh, and? And Big Show. And? <laughs> um... Literally, it was a revolving door of it was either Jericho, big. No, it was either Jericho or me, to be completely honest with you. And literally, like, it was always like Jericho and I would talk and we'd go, Yep, I wonder who's getting it today. Who's going to get the, think, the celebrity today? How do you think poor you know, Al Sharpton feels now that he, you know, like, like he can't do what you guys did with Bad Bunny? Like, all the celebrities. Poor Al Sharpton. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> even the man, you know, was a guest host for one week for some reason. Yeah. And now, like no celebrities can come on and and possibly compete with that. I mean, I, I guess it's a double. I think, I think we set the bar, and now it's for every celebrity, sports star, whether you're a sports star, musician, actor, athlete, doesn't matter. Like you come into WWE, and you got to mm-hmm. bring it. I mean, that's the type of entertainment that we bring on a on a weekly basis. We don't stop. It's nonstop. We're always evolving, always getting better. I mean, you look at what WWE is doing right now. We don't have fans. We have virtual audience. And literally everyone's taking from what WWE has done and more or less copying it because of the success that we've had. Do you think, uh, is it like football and that a guy like Taylor Heineke comes in for the Washington football team and there's no tape on him? So his first game is going to be good. He's going to pick apart a defense or something. Would you have liked to have seen some previous matches or even um, so uh, did you not do your homework? I'm trying to figure out maybe you were changing your league of league lineups and couldn't really do research. Uh, Bad money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I study everything, but I mean, the guy's <laughs> obviously an entertainer and knows how to entertain an audience. And when the right red light goes on, he was training, he was trained. He's been training since from what I hear since Royal rumble. And right. that's a good three months. Now it, it takes a lot longer to be at our level uh, my level, actually, not our level, because you two couldn't do anything in a ring. But undefeated, undefeated, retired, Sal's undefeated. Yeah. I took a power bomb from Bubba Ray Dudley before you even. Hold on, let you... me show you something. 
Oh boy, he's going. Uh, so great, thanks, Sal. This is dead time in the podcast world. You Good remember night. that, Bri? Come on. I, yeah. Look at that. Wow. Look at that picture. Look at those thighs on Santino. Oh, what did he go? Two sixty-five. Oh, oh, oh. I had him on my Look back. The crowd going bananas. I probably would have wrestled Miz if it was two years later, right? He would have been yes. the heel that they set me up. That would have been tremendous. A lot yeah. of training for that day. Wouldn't have been. <laughs> so what's what, what, this year? What's back that? Back. Did you watch? Yeah, yeah, I watched. Uh, I was in Montana okay. Saturday. I watched, but I, I caught your match and I watched sun, all day Sunday. Uh, it was pretty impressive. Is it weird for you to do it in front of like a sparse crowd or did that matter? Fresh air, man. Honestly, it was, you could feel the electricity when you walk into the stadium, knowing that there's going to be fans there today, that day. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter if there was a thousand, 25,000, a hundred thousand, just to have the real live human beings in an audience, hearing them react. And I don't know if you heard, like, this was weird. So usually celebrities are booed out of the building. Everyone, uh, cause we have like our hardcore fans. We don't want anyone coming in. But, oh, man, when Bad Bunny made his entrance, like, they were cheering. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, you know, I get a hit show on, on USA, Ms. and Mrs., where you could see me with my daughters. I think that would make you, like, like me a little more. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I've been in WWE for 16 years, done a ton of things with WWE, a lot of awards, a lot of titles. You would think that I would, I would be celebrated in that mm. moment where a guy just comes in for one match and literally I was not, it was an eruption for bad bunny and I couldn't believe it. Now, I don't know if it's just cause I'm that annoying and that I'm that good at my job at making you hate me or they just really like bad bunny. Either way, it helped the match out a lot because I was like, man, I got to do a lot of bad things to like make this audience not like me and love him. But no, it right. it's it actually a testament to you because when you defeated um, McIntyre with the money in the bank, um, it was amazing because lapsed fans, hardcore fans, smart fans, casual fans, all of them united to shit all over you winning the title. It was amazing. I've never seen, like, I was in Australia. I texted you going, like, act like this is something new to me. Like, do you remember (laughs) 10 years ago when I won the title the first time? Same thing happened. This is what I do. I make people hate. But also, do you remember what happened the next week on Monday Night Raw? Guess what? The ratings went up. And then the ratings went up again the following week. So that's what I do. I make people watch. I gather attention. So whether you love it or hate it, Honestly, usually negativity brings more ratings. Mm. Yeah. Well, that music video of yours, that was, I mean, that was Amazing. perfect. Oh, boy. I mean, hey, probably going to win an award on it. Probably going to get like an MTV video music award. Can, can I see? Play? Well, hold on. Jim Cunningham, no. do you have uh, Do you have a snippet of that? Do you have that? Can I, can I, I want to explain why this was a colossal failure, this music video. <laughs> yes, and, please do. I, I would love to hear yeah. your, and what you, and you know what, if you're going to say yeah. what a colossal failure it is, I want to know right. what you would have done to make it better. And they I will be, have you guys not do it. That's too easy. I won't say that. As one of maybe three ex-WWE writers on the planet, right, who could show up to Titan Towers in Connecticut and not have the police called, I think <laughs> I have a certain amount of credibility. Okay. So I would, I would 100% agree with that. Okay. This is actually serious, constructive criticism. Okay. 
the first thing I would have done is I'd put the lyrics at the bottom because I couldn't understand a word you and Morrison were saying. We wanted that as well, uh, but the editors could not get it done in time. Okay. Remember, so that's a- by the way, do you not remember how WWE works? We did this music video in a matter of four hours. Like, that is unheard of for a well, music that's, video. That's second criticism because the video itself felt like four hours. It just mm-hmm. didn't end. You should have played like a minute 15 of it and then say, if you want to watch the rest of this, you go on YouTube or pay no. for this video on iTunes. You think Miz and Morrison would ever, ever just do half a oh, music video? No. We want to see the whole thing in its entirety. It was insufferable. Look at the fans. <laughs> this See, is interesting. We created a dance, wow. by the way. I don't know if you can see it. You obviously can. But uh, it went viral. Like, all the TikTokers are doing it. You don't know what TikTok is, but it's the cool thing now in social media. And uh, all the TikTokers are doing our dance. That's great, but it infuriated Bad Bunny, apparently, right? I mean, you probably wouldn't do it if you had the chance now. Something inspired him. Do it more more. There's there's the other thing. I want to point out point number three in terms of what I would do. First, I would I would have I would make sure that the lyrics are there. I'd cut it in half time-wise and play the full video elsewhere. And then the third thing is, and I learned this over the course of my life at WWE, is and that's a great example of it, seeing you guys in the bunny suit. Like when a heel does a promo to quote unquote humiliate their opponent, but they themselves are actually more embarrassing because of it <laughs> than the opponent that it was meant to be. How effective is it really? Because like, you know, they're playing that and it's like if I'm Bad Bunny and I'm watching it going, wow, he really got me. It's a grown man in a bunny suit hopping around mumbling intelligible lyrics that I can't understand that goes on for 22 minutes. I feel so humiliated. You are one big no fun zone, Brian. Like, you're just no fun anymore. Like, you used to have fun, you know? Whatever happened to just entertaining an audience and enjoying yourself? When we were doing this video, we were laughing. We were having fun. You could tell. was laughing, having fun. Everyone was enjoying it. Why does everyone have to be a critic now? Why can't you just sit back, enjoy, and watch? Do you realize the first time that people heard The Miz versus Bad Bunny, they were like, oh, God. We don't want this. Why is Bad Bunny have a match? Blah, blah, blah. All over Twitter. All over Twitter. So every week, I would just get ripped on about, not not even me. People are like, Miz deserves better, blah, 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 which is pretty incredible. And people are like, Bad Bunny shouldn't be there. Bad Bunny shouldn't be there, blah, blah, blah. Then we get to WrestleMania. And I hear the crowd reaction. And I realize all the Twitter people that are literally giving critiques, that is a small, minute, tiny bit of our audience. When you hear an audience in the, in the arena and you hear in the stadium and you hear their eruption for a bad bunny, like it's like, wow, okay, it worked. And not only that, afterwards, all those people that didn't want the match and said he doesn't deserve to be there were like, oh, you know, I said it first, but now he's amazing. They jump on the bandwagon and then that's exactly what they did. So as much as you're saying like, oh, you know, you should have done this, should have done that, critique, critique, critique. Why can't you just enjoy a show? Because I'm a professional and I'm trying to help you the next time something like this happens. 
you should have had the visuals. whole you know, three times the next very time. Very valuable. If, if anything you pay for critique, I'm going to literally take and use and go, you know what? I'm going to do the exact opposite next time. You <laughs> wow. should have had visuals making fun of Bad Bunny and, and fewer subtitles. Wow. Most of visuals <laughs> making fun of yourself. I, I, I will admit, Niz, other than the timing, the concept, and the execution, it was perfect. <laughs> I wouldn't change a thing. Can I Thank just get into so this? I I'm not, that amazing critique. I want to. I want to once again compliment Miz. He's the best on the mic there is. And uh, I, I, Brian, you and I love Rowdy Roddy Piper, and I consider him the best ever. And uh, Miz is a, quickly approaching that, you know. And uh, I, I don't think there's any argument. Now you would take credit in that, Brian, because you helped write a lot of these promos, right, when you were there. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't take credit, but I certainly acknowledge they contributed. I mean, I think like a heel taking a gold record and smashing it over Captain Lou Albano's head. Yes. Getting real heat as opposed to putting on these bunny pajamas and hopping around in a Lord of the Rings-esque music video that would never end and you couldn't understand, I think is like real heat. I think it's, um, you right. know, that's something to aspire to. But, you know, Miz, I mean, to his credit, it is the Heath Ledger. Like, like when Heath Ledger was cast as Joker... Just like Miz was saying, the internet was like, oh, it's the guy from 10 Things I Hate About You and Brokeback Mountain. He sucks. And then they saw it and it was like, whoa, this is actually incredible. The mm. same thing with Bad Bunny. Um, but I'll now say this. When Brian yeah. would bring me, would write something, and I, I could always tell it was Brian. Because mm-hmm. it would have just hate-fueled stuff that you literally were like, God, Brian must have got picked on a lot in high school and elementary school and middle school because, man, he is just unleashing it in this promo that I, now I get to use all of his anger, all of his frustration, all of his picking on, all of his bullied, and I get to now do it in WWE ring because I would just be like, it was it was filled with pure venom. Mm. And I was like, God, this is great. But poor guy, man. Oh, this poor kid got probably picked on his entire life. <laughs> is that now, true, Brian? And that, that's well, first of all, I was voted class secretary two years in a row in high school. And my well, that, a very popular girl. I'm does it. love. <laughs> and secondly, um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, when you're when you're, you know, just like Miz claims to be like this homebody who's a lovable guy, but gets a mountain of heat, you know, on the writing side, I guess we're kindred spirits in that respect, because, you know, I, I am not this hate fueled monster that you make me out to be. I'm just, a, you know, extraordinarily talented at writing wrestling. Right. So, you know, but now, I mean, my point is you did a great job. You did, it, 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 you know, other than the video, which was garbage, but the, but the match was great. <laughs> and now next year when poor NBC with Peacock wants Ted Danson to show up to promote Mr. Mayor on WWE raw and have a match or do some physicality, they'll go, Nope. That. He didn't use a young rock reference. <laughs> I am shocked. Well, we know. We, I, I think the guys at Young Rock. Thank you for bringing that up. Let's hear about Young Rock, Brian. You are the brains behind this. You're an executive at Seven Bucks. Um, you guys of, are one of the executive producers of Young Rock. What do you do for Young Rock? Because I, I imagine you just sit there with a headset and mm-hmm. do nothing all well, day. You just take a paycheck. That's not the case. <laughs> and then you'll be like, "Hey, here's a line. Try this one." <laughs> You're that's that like, and all the writers look at you like, come on, man. We, we've spent like months writing this and now you're just going to sit there and now you're going to show up. That's <laughs> like maybe six out of the 12 hours on set where I would do that. <laughs> but the other six were constructive. Nanachka Khan and Jeff Chang 
They're the creators, obviously, Dwayne Johnson, Danny Garcia, Hiram Garcia, myself. We all contributed, Notch and Jeff's writing team, everybody. Um, and Chavo Guerrero trained all the actors um, to do actual wrestling moves. We didn't have any stunt doubles. We didn't mm -hmm. have any, you know, the, the actors, Joseph Lee Anderson, they didn't have any training. And by the end of it, they're doing drop kicks. They're doing top rope elbow drops. Now, it's not like, it's not WWE level. No one's claiming it is. But they did a very credible job. I think, actually, counter to everything I just said prior to this statement, that the, rest, the actors who played wrestlers on Young Rock uh, would be very credible in a WWE ring. I think they could give Bad Bunny a run for their money. I think it's from what I've seen, I think it's excellent. It's a great portrayal. The, the, it's a period piece. It takes you back. You feel like you're there. The wrestlers, I'm like the Iron Sheik, like these guys are right on. I mean, dead yeah. ringers looks wise. And the uh, acting is great. I, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 sitcoms, I feel like were dead the last 15 years. You, you might be onto something here, girl. The words, you right? I mean, I'm this is really. I, I can't. I, I can't even. Everybody knows your name now. Anything, yeah. but it's it's a fantastic show. Like it reminds me yeah. of my youth. Of like literally, if Andre the Giant came to my school, it'd be oh my god, pandemonium. And yeah. it's just, it's kind of cool to see you know all the old school wrestlers, but then there's these new these these kids that are coming up, and it's just. It's a really well done show. And I love the fact that The Rock is actually in it. I didn't expect that. I was expecting Rock to just be executive producer. This mm -hmm. is about me. But for him to actually be in the show and actually kind of being the voice, it's kind of great. He's biggest... Thank you, Miz. In fact, I'll ask you right now, you know, obviously, timeline wise, this wouldn't, you know, correlate to the Miz in your time in WWE in a likelihood, unless like season 18 or whatever. But if you could play a 80s or 70s wrestler to appear in a future Ooh. season, is there anyone that you would gravitate towards? Oh, my God. I'll play Shawn Michaels all day, every day. Are you kidding me? Uh, you know, because, uh, I mean, everyone says that I, 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 I wrestle just like him. So, you know, but no, I'll, I'll play. No, I like the fact that you picked the I'll one guy that Rock's never had a match with. Are you kidding me? <laughs> pick any of them. Literally, I, I know what you want me to do. You want the Red Rooster. But honestly, I'm choosing all the other ones. Like, I'm choosing, like, like Piper. I'll, I'll do it any one. I don't care. Like, Coco I, Beware? Like, Maybe when not. I was a kid, yeah. I would put streamers on my arms and paint my face and run around like the Ultimate Warrior. So. I'm oh, all well wow. prepared and well prepared. Do it now. Show us now what that looks like. That would be great. Uh, I don't I don't do that anymore. I yeah. I just basically play the Miz each and I every day. I think that would be actually I would love to see that. I think you as the ultimate warrior. Yeah. The music video was a good precursor because I couldn't understand a word from that video and I couldn't understand the ultimate warrior <laughs> he was cutting promos. I can't wait so to put a bunny suit on yourself. <laughs> I, I hope the rock is listening to this podcast and going, Well, guess what? Brian's gonna be a bunny now. <laughs> Ms. let me ask you, you what we don't see on young rock uh is brian developing a crippling gambling addiction which actually happened while he was shooting in australia right brian you want to talk about that a little bit well that is true they, they have these wonderful australia is a wonderful country um i i took time out of my schedule at one point to talk to our production staff and tell them everything that's wrong with their country like i did with your music video mm. they, they they received it in the exact same way you did which is to say not good, but the one, but they have many great things in Australia. And one of them are these tab machines. And basically what that is, is just sports gambling at every restaurant, pub, whatever you want to call it. You just walk right in, 
place your, you know, your bets on American baseball, football. I mean, obviously they have all the Australian sports and horse races. Mm-hmm. And that's so right. You get your ticket and you cash in with the bartender. It's amazing. It's like, I, it's, it's why I was there for six months. The production right. was five months. I stayed an extra month, basically just to gamble. Um, especially too, because of the time difference, the games all start at 7 PM game starts at nine or 10 AM, depending on daylight savings. So you could basically, I mean, it, it was, it sounds great really it really does. too, just so I could gamble in Australia again, is basically what I'm saying. Ms. Aside from, um, aside from fantasy, baseball, football, basketball, any, any inclination to gamble? You want to step it up or no, you're good. With your Honestly, uh, anytime like there's big games, I'll sit there, you know, Super Bowl, world series, those kind of things. Sure. I'll, I'll dabble into it. But most of the time I'm not very good at one-off games. Like I don't mm-hmm. study that and I don't have time to study that. Um, fantasy is about as far as I go into the gambling world because honestly, gambling is a little whirlwind for me. Like I know once I get started, it's going to go. Like I started with one fantasy team. Now I have like eight. So right. it's just kind of how it works. Uh, I would Nate, think Nathan, Nathan's oh, a girl, a friend of yours in Cleveland. I'm buddies with him too. He says you're in a league with him, uh, in which you have no bragging rights at all. And it must, must be extra special because your dad's, as I understand it, your dad's face is on the trophy. It which, is, is so, it, which is a belt. Uh, there's this awesome fantasy football league. It's with my, all my friends in Cleveland. Nathan is in it. Uh, Nathan, who you might know from Cleveland Browns daily uh, for anyone in the Cleveland yes. area. He's basically the voice of that. Uh, yeah. He's very, very smart in the fantasy world. He's won the league. I think three times I've won it zero, but I've been in the finals like five times, but mm. something always happens. Uh, I'll never forget. Matty Ice, the only, so I, I, everyone is congratulating me. The final, like I'm in the championship. Everyone's congratulating me saying, wow, you finally won the the title. The title is yours. And I was like, is there any way I could lose? And the Mm -hmm. only way I could lose if there was a pick six and Matty Mm -hmm. Ice drops back, he throws the, he throws the ball in the end zone. Navarro Bowman intercepts it and runs it all the way back for a touchdown. I lose my championship that year. Then there was like another year where something exactly the same happened. Like every time I'm in the finals, this is what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get to display my exact power in uh, knowledge in that fantasy world because uh, honestly, I'm so busy with the League of Leagues that it's uh, very difficult for me to, and with uh, with seven other leagues, that it's tough to actually win. How do uh, we, when, when you're doing like when we, the toughest league, like the league of leagues is not that tough. How is you, that? How are you saying that? Tough. We draft to the left of us as a guy who's in 13 fantasy baseball leagues to the right of us as a guy who won a hundred thousand dollars in some Yahoo league. Like it's, it, it seems crazy. They're drafting players in T-ball that I've never heard of. How is it not the hardest you've been in? I, I literally look at like the league of leagues and some of the picks that people would do, I would laugh at and I'd be like, wow, like really that early? Mm. Like you could have gotten this person like four rounds later. It's just one of those situations. And it's weird because like I always stack and this is going to tell you what my, my, what I do in this league. I always stack my NBA because NBA is the last one that we have. And I feel like I need to stack that one. Baseball's right now. I know that something's going to like, everyone's going to be on the IL for like 10 days. So I can pick people up 
and uh, and figure out where I'm going to go. NFL is a cakewalk for me, but NBA is like my hardest. So I always mm. lean to make sure I have a dominant NBA team before I even get started. And then uh, MLB, I'll usually be in third or fourth place is where I feel like. And then NBA, uh, NFL, I'll probably win the league. That's that's and where I'm going. Lost the theme is because oh. you're in dead last in the NBA right now. Oh, I mean, it's not even close. It, because like, I realized I, biggest. Biggest. I, I will repeat myself, Ryan, because you were you were so busy trying to think of your comeback that no. you weren't listening before. What I did this year is mm-hmm. I wasn't going to win the league. I was right. going to get in third place. I don't want third place. So I'm going to set myself up for the next year. We get uh-huh. six keepers. So I go to the dummy, Ryan, and I say, hey, dummy, can I get your keepers? Here's some people that might help you almost mm-hmm. win the league. You won't yeah. because you'll screw it up somehow. And poor Sal will have to sit there and go, I can't believe I let him talk me into doing this. But when you decided but to dump your players, and you now I'm in dead last place. And Did by the way, like in MLB, right now, I'm in like third place. You're in last. So there's, like, there's 10 games played in the league so far in basketball. When you made your great decision to dump the players to save for next year, where you made a trade with me to trade, you trade me Andre Drummond, Sal and I, and you mm-hmm. got three quote unquote keepers. One of them's not even a closer anymore. The other one's on the injured list. The third one is a closer, which are diamond dozen. But regardless of that, you weren't in third or fourth place. You were like in the 14th place when you decided to do that. So like, what are you, what are you even talking about? Third and fourth. See what people don't understand is in MLB, NFL, and NBA, we add all those together. So whatever place you were in MLB, you get a point. You get points for that. In in NFL, you get points. NBA, you get points. So the points I would have gathered up from all three leagues would have gotten me into third place, which is a money position. But I don't care about money. I care about dominance. And if I'm not going to dominate, be number one. Then I don't want to be the first loser. I'm not. I'm not Brian Gerwitz. You know, I I, I don't want to be a loser. But I you am playing that in all your other leagues. You're in the championship round, so that that completely, you know, goes against everything you're saying as far as the league of league is concerned. Nobody knows what you're talking about right now. Brian. <laughs> you certainly picking up stuff. Try to make this podcast interesting, Brian, just for a second. Brian, I will so say, I would, if he did in fact approach you and say, "Hey, dummy, give me your keepers." Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I would have I would have cut ties with it right away. I would have said, hey, this isn't a good good deal. No, you know what the like deal that. is, Sal. It's yeah. like we're looking, we're like circling first place in the league to become two-time, the only two-time right. champions. Mm-hmm. We're like, who's a guy that has no idea what he's doing? And we could trade him the crappiest keepers in the world and he'll give us an NBA title. Mm-hmm. And I said, Well, I guarantee you, Miz is probably in 14th place, which he of course he was. And so we called him, like, hey, here's a by the way, I'll a call Cleveland you. I yeah. called you, you a lie to people. I called you and said, Hey, you want to do this? And you, I said, what's your keepers? And you said, here they are. I go done deal. Here's an, here's, here's Andre. Enjoy. <laughs> Anyways, I would think that you would be excellent at gambling in the big games because you don't have any judgment and favoritism because all your real life sports teams would never be in the big game of the world series. Go to the Super Bowl next year. Oh, is, is that right? We just got clowny. We just got clowny. Do you do you not get the Cleveland news? Do you not get sports news in New York? Is that what it is? You just look at the Mets? Like the Browns are going to the Super Bowl, no doubt in my mind. They just picked up Jerry and Clowney and literally like we have the greatest defense, the greatest offense. We have all the ammo. We have an amazing coaching staff, a winning mentality. We're going to the Super Bowl. 
What are I you doing? Play. You're going to be sitting on your Mets couch wishing, wishing that you could be oh. in the Super Bowl. The Buffalo Bills were a lot closer to the Super Bowl than the Cleveland Browns last year. And they'll be a lot closer to the Super Bowl, if not in the Super Bowl next year, as we all know. I can't jump in because the Cowboys got crushed by the Browns and uh, just had a miserable season last year. But I was trying to trash Jadevian Clowney and he's like top five in rush percentage out of any like people like, well, he had no sacks with the Titans last year. But since 2018. He's right in there with all the Aaron Donalds and uh, Robert Quinns and all those guys. So that I think that's a good pickup. I oh, think we can, make a, we can make we can make a bet on Garrett. Garrett again. Like you have Miles Garrett. Like I mean, you look at this this defensive line. I mean, it's it's going to put a lot of pressure on a lot of quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And I think we've done all of our all everything we needed. We've addressed before the draft. Draft is just going to be an added bonus. But man, I'll tell you what, this team is locked and loaded and it's the most excited I've ever been for a football year. Like last year, we figured out how to go to the playoffs and win in the playoffs. Now we know that knowledge. And I think that they're ready to go to the Super Bowl. You I, want, want, I, want, right I want you guys Bills to make a bet. Browns? I'll bet Sorry. you right now. Yeah. Okay. How much, I mean, uh, how much you want to bet that the Browns are going to the Super Bowl? Oh, wow. Oh, just that? Yeah. Pick a number. The Browns, let me just set the stage here. The Browns are, according to Fandel, 10 to 1 odds to win the AFC. The so they're Bills, doing it 10 to 1? Bills are 5.5 to 1. So you you have the better team, according to Vegas and the odds providers. In reality. Well, I want to make sure that this is the actual Super Bowl, not the quote-unquote Super Bowl in Miz's mind, which the Browns <laughs> have already won, apparently, according to what Miz was saying. But the exactly. actual physical... Physical Super Bowl. Yes. The game in uh, February. Uh, yeah. Says they're going. Okay. Well, I'd, I'll put a hundred down on that right now. Game on. All right. There you go, Sal. There's your gambling tip of the day. I was well, going to say who goes better bills or, or Browns, but now I don't even have to do that. Just, oh, just bills aren't even, you, we don't even need to do that bet because the bills aren't going. Yeah. Miz, okay. you got, I, I don't know. You could have gotten 10 to one odds on that. I, I don't know if you did that. He's right. not giving me 10 to one odds. That's 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 the that's the business acumen. Of <laughs> that in, in. This is why, this is why I don't gamble normally. I yes. want to talk I like this is a shoe in. Hey, Miz and Mrs. Uh, first of all, why do the cameras never catch you making fantasy football moves? Or are you like, uh, did. Are I did good? a whole fantasy football like episode. We yeah, did an entire good. episode about fantasy because my wife cannot stand sports, cannot stand fantasy football. I've tried to get her involved, you know, just so we could, you know, do something together. Like, Hey, what do you think of this guy? She's like, well, what's he look like? And I'm like, it doesn't matter what he looks like. It's like, mm. Like, is it cute? And I'm like, oh my God. So honestly, like, <laughs> is he she wearing a bunny costume? Football. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you got, if you have a hard time with that, but oh, man, yeah. I'll tell you what, fantasy football is not a fun thing in this household because my wife is just like, bah. Yeah, Brian doesn't have as hard a time, I don't think, as you and I do. No, he's got a lot of time on his hands. Like, all he, all he has is time. All right, let's take a quick break, Ms. Brian, because I'm going to tell you something. You guys, this is exciting enough, but you could add even more excitement to your sports watching experience by betting all the action on FanDuel Sportsbook. There's a reason FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Their app is simple to use. They've got great odds on all different betting markets, unique fun bet types like same game parlays, exclusive always on promotions such as enhanced odds boosts on the biggest events to let you get more action out of every game day. And if you win, it gets you your winnings safely in as little as 24 hours. And right now, FanDuel is letting you place your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. 
But your first bet on anything, FanDuel refunds you up to $1,000 back if you don't win. No strings attached. Just place any bet you want. You win, keep the cash, you lose. You get your entire bet up to $1,000 back in sight credit. If you've never used FanDuel Sportsbook, what the hell are you waiting for? Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started and be sure to sign up with promo code against all odds so they know I sent you. That's FanDuel Sportsbook, promo code against all odds. Okay, more fighting now. What about Ms. and Mrs.? How many? I was trying to figure it out as far as family focused reality shows. What season are you guys in now? We're in season two, but it feels like season six because the way they're doing it is they'll put like six up. We'll do 20 episodes, right? Right. And they'll they'll air six episodes here, eight episodes here, six episodes here. So it feels like three seasons. But yeah. honestly, we're about 40 episodes. Right now we're at 30, 35 episodes we have aired. And five more is to come uh, every Monday after Monday Night Raw, 11 p.m. on the USA Network. You're not going to want to miss it. It's funny. It's exciting. It's, it's, it's our family. It kind of gives you the insights of the WWE business, but also gives the insights of like, what it's like to have two kids, you know, a beautiful wife, uh, you know, living in Los Angeles and just going through through what it's like to be a, a dad and a parent. It's good stuff. It's very entertaining. I was trying to do the math on. I think you're nipping at the heels of the Osbournes. I don't know how far you want to take it. The Kardashians did, uh, did hundreds of episodes. But do you see this going on for you? You could use this as a negotiating tool. Do you see this going I would, on? I would love. Like After we saw the ratings from uh, last Monday, last yeah. episode, um, we're really excited. Like I think they got everyone really excited. Uh, it was the best uh, ratings we've had since season one. And they just keep on going up because I think people are seeing it now and it's starting to get a little word of mouth where people are like, this is actually a good show. Some have said it's the funniest show on TV. Wait, he's saying that the ratings from season two are the highest in season one? Yes, in season one. That's 20 (laughs) episodes, like 20 episodes, 20 episodes. You're such a jerk. (laughs) <laughs> in one of those episodes, Brian refused to sign the release at your baby shower, I believe, right? And you had to blur his face. I mean, that could have that could have killed he the whole franchise. Doing it. Oh, he That's did true. end up signing. You did. No, you I didn't sign. Blur. We didn't blur you. You weren't blurred. Oh no, boy, I didn't sign anything. So it was good. This is a well, genesis. I guess for we're a nice do. lawsuit. Speaking <laughs> of lawsuits, at what point did you? I mean, are, were you worried when your kids become of age and they realize? You've been exploiting them these years for the for free entertainment on the show. Exactly. That rebel against you. Dare you, Brian? One, <laughs> we never do anything where they're uh, they're successful. Like, honestly, we have fun as a family. I'm sorry that you are at your house by yourself every day, all day. But as a family, you I want have to my bobbleheads together and enjoy one another <laughs> yeah. and, and have fun. Like right now, I would rather be hanging out with my daughters and hanging out with you guys, but I'm doing a favor for you, Brian. <laughs> So you can get a little notoriety out there and go, well, I got a podcast on. Look at me. You know, I'm just giving you a little star, star power, kind of loaning it to you. So, Ms., you don't see any hope uh, or future for a reality show with Brian and his bobblehead dolls? You don't think there's anyone will take to that? Oh, I think every I think he's already pitched it to every network and every network looked at him like he was stupid. <laughs> Well, I, once I get that Lindor bobblehead in a Mets uniform, glistening with orange and blue, I think my luck is going to change. I think people are going to. Has Lindor even done that well this year? I don't. They've played seven games. Yeah, but he hasn't been doing well. 
Listen, Degrom is Degrom is hitting batting six hundred, so it's hard to you know that's the that's the high bar for all these. Dude, teams. he's been he's so been on. Do you guys have him in the in league of leagues? Because man, is he on fire? We didn't take no. Him. We have no. we have Taiwan Walker though. He's he's just as good. Just as good, maybe even better. Um, speaking of great, uh, Ms. you were great on Jimmy Kimmel Live. You did uh, you did a bit. You want to explain what what you did there? I got a call that said, "Hey." do you want to be our human resources person and give everyone job reviews on our crew? And in my head, I went, yes, but you do realize I've been a guest on the show. They probably know who I am. I'm a huge star. And they're like, we'll put you in disguise. I go, Mm -hmm. all right, great. I'm going to go in disguise. So I get there. Right. And they go, what glasses do you want? I go, "Uh, I'll take these. And they go, all right, that's your disguise. I went, (laughs) Oh, okay, great. But uh, we went in there and literally no one really knew, which was shocking to me. And by the way, they've never done job reviews ever uh, at, I guess, ABC. So everyone was kind of wondering what it was. It was on April Fool's is when we filmed it. So everyone knew it was kind of April Fool's. But man, did I have fun. You did a great Uh, job. The idea is he might be the nicest person I've ever met in my entire life. She's a, she's a doll. And uh, yeah, she was taken aback by you. So it starts off as a regular uh, job review with questions that someone would ask. And and like, what do you do? Have you ever showed up drunk? You know, and then it gets weird. And then they turn the lights on and the music and it, and it turns into full out wrestling promo. Right. So yeah, uh, just like lights are glaring, different yes. colors are blaring everywhere. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm literally turn my voice up into promo mode and just go off and t- cut a promo on how great they're doing. Right. And, uh, and I was, uh, I think that the line was like, you know, cousin Mickey, you got a lot of haters out there because they think you got your job because of nepotism. Do you know what we say to those haters? <laughs> we say, uh, something morons. Like we say, you know, <laughs> screw you morons. Say it with me more. Say it with me, Mickey. And she would not say morons. She couldn't she would do not. it. She's like, no, I can't. I'm like, come on, please. I begged her. I got down on my hands and knees and begged <laughs> and I could not get her to say morons. It was she incredible. It. I was like, she is the nicest no. lady ever. It's not. You should have done family. that with bad bunny, Miz. You should have done a job review with bad bunny. That would have gotten heat as opposed to, uh, wow. singing your pajamas for five minutes. Wow. Wow. I don't know if that was an option, but it's interesting. It it wasn't an option. And uh, no, Brian, that that's your writing, not mine. (laughs) Brian, I will say the producers at Kimmel were very impressed. And I was like, well, Miz is the best at this, but they were very impressed. I think they had like seven scripts, full on scripts that he had to memorize and he had it nailed before he even showed up. He has a, you know, we trained him well when he first showed up in WWE. He had, I mean, you know, just, just Google Miz Diva search promo. And then look at that to the man you see before you right now. It's a great, you should be proud, Miz. I'd be proud that I, that I literally like uh, mess up. I remember that promo, but you know what? Brian used to give me like eight pages to memorize Mm -hmm. all the time because, you know, Brian likes to write it and hear himself talk through Mm -hmm. other people's words. So that's where I got all my training. And to be completely honest with you, if I'm being real, like it is true. WWE is a very good place to learn the art of, everything entertainment. I'm talking like whether it's acting, whether it's hosting, whether it's just going into just for promotion, like it teaches you everything you need to know because we usually only get one take. And when I got that script from Kimmel's crew, it was, it was a lot, but I go in there and I think what an opportunity that is. I don't get to come on Kimmel every day 
And it's my job to not only do well, but that could pave the path for you guys saying, hey, like this guy did so well, let's bring other, you know, people on there as well. And it, it forms a relationship and you, it's a huge show. It's a huge meet. Like if, if I can get on Jimmy Kimmel, I know that Ms. and Mrs. is going to get a, a bump in, in mm-hmm. ratings and it's going to help hopefully get us another season. So, I mean, that's the way I look at things. And honestly, I just want to do a good job and I want everyone to, to kind of like be happy and, and enjoy it. And I feel like that's what we did. Mm-hmm. I think Jimmy does such an incredible job and the way he has been able to uh, make it his own. Like you yeah. don't look at, you know, Kimmel show and go, Oh, that's that, that's that show. That's that show. He made it his own ever since the beginning. Like when he had people drinking beers, like yeah. that was amazing. And then like, I remember going into like before I would pregame in, in that, in that bar, you guys the have downstairs, yeah. like all mm-hmm. the time. And I think a lot of people actually used to do that because it was, it's on Hollywood. That's right where all the, the scene was. And in my twenties, it was like, Oh man, I'll just go to Kimmel's and have some drinks and then go out. It's um, so funny. That green room used to be open to 2 a.m. It served like hard alcohol and everyone from you to Aaron Paul to Taylor Swift has made an appearance in there before they hit it big. And it's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, they they kind of classed it up a little since then. I'm not sure. I still think I think Jimmy has done a tremendous job and he's he's, he's immensely giving too. like he he really thinks about things that that don't matter. So for I'll give you an, I'll give you an example. Gifting. Like uh, we always get gifts. Whenever you go to these type of shows, you get cool gifts. And Jimmy gave me uh, kid stuff because he knew I, I just had a baby. And honestly, I still use like, so Monroe used the jacket and it says Jimmy Kimmel Live on it. Mm-hmm. It's a kid's jacket. It's so cute. So Monroe used it. A year later, Madison was used it. That's and great. I just think that's that's so thoughtful to think about like, I don't want anything. Like, I don't, I don't need a t-shirt. I don't need a hat. I don't need a mug. But if you get something for my kids, that means so much more. And I think Jimmy thinks that way. Like, I think he knows that because he's a dad, if you yeah. give something to my kids, that means so much more to me than getting something for me. He's very giving. He's a big fan of yours. Yes. He gives you kids stuff and all you needed from Brian was a signed release and he wouldn't even give you that. I mean, that, that's what <laughs> I know. makes it sad. Exactly. Yeah. I would, I would, I would much prefer, I mean, you know, I have, I have niece, I have a niece, I have young cousins, um, but any and all gifts from anybody, I would prefer for myself. <laughs> I would like to keep that. Yeah, of okay. course. Cause yeah. you only care about you. <laughs> I, 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 agree, I agree with that. I the reason we're here today. today. More bobbleheads. Uh, yeah. Hey, I wanted to ask you, Ms. Let's say, what would the conversation be like? I should have asked this earlier. If you went to Vince McMahon and said, hey, boss, I wouldn't do this normally, but I'm a lifelong Cleveland Indians fan and it's game seven of the World Series. Let me meet up with the fellas in Abu Dhabi uh, a day late. Oh, I, I need to stay home and watch this. One, I would never ask that. Uh, you I yeah. am always my... I, Maybe it's just the, my work ethic or the way I, I go about things, mm-hmm. but WWE comes number one. I mean, it's even if the, 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 the Browns are in the Super Bowl and Vince needs me, you know, I look at it as it's not Vince just needing me. It's, and this is going to, this might sound, I don't know, cocky or arrogant, but I think the WWE universe, the fans, like mm-hmm. they paid their hard earned money 
And if Vince needs me for something to make sure that that audience gets exactly what they need, you know, they come there to take away a memory that lasts a lifetime. It's my job to do that. And so it's more important than a Brown Super Bowl to me than a, a, a World mm. Series. Not more important than my wife giving birth to my kids, though. I will say that. Um, but I take my job very seriously and I am dedicated and I'm motivated. I actually had probably one of the best conversations I've ever had with, with Vince, uh, a couple, a couple weeks ago when, uh, I was going to become WWE champion and we sat down and we talked about, you know, things that you wouldn't expect us to talk about just family and time, because I was asking him like, how does he do it? You know, how does he manage it? How does he manage a billion dollar company, Raw, SmackDown, be there each and every week? You know, like, how do you, how do you do? And then, then have a football league and then doing all a network, doing all these things. Like it was a, a very, it was a very interesting conversation that didn't last very long, but it was, it was very <laughs> knowledgeable. And I'm always very thankful that I have the ability to be able to go in there and talk to one of the most powerful men in the world. Interesting. Well, he doesn't, and, and to your credit, doesn't run eight fantasy football leagues. Which I know. Might take up I, more time. I'd yeah. say this, Miz, as a fan, and which I am now, just strictly as a fan, I think you should go to the Super Bowl or World Series. I think it's okay. I think really? let's try somehow as for one fan. week. As a fan. <laughs> without oh, you on TV. Good. Oh, I thought he was about to say something nice, Sal. I was like, oh, here we go. Okay. Go I on. did. Give it to me. And <laughs> say something nice. I think that you should bad. enjoy this scenario that will never happen in real life, I think you should take advantage of it and go because we'll be okay. It's 52 weeks a year. You thankfully, you don't get hurt. You say the only time you take off is to do another Marine movie, which they keep making for some reason. I think we'll be all right for you to, money. to go visit the Bills in the Super Bowl next year or whatever it is you want to do. Watch Lindor and with the Mets in the World Series or playoffs. Not whatever gonna you do, I, don't we'll think the Mets are, I don't think they're going to the World Series. I don't. Well, we'll see. I, don't, I, don't, I, can't, I, I won't be like you and say, they're definitely going to the World Series. We don't know. <laughs> I, think the I know, I know Sal and I were alive to experience the World Series. I don't think they're ready yet. I think they need a couple more years of prospects to get up there. Well, I'll just um, said three to five years, so we'll take that. Hold on. Our, our, uh, our, our producer thinks he found something here. Jim, what is this now? Oh, that's blind blurred at, uh, at the baby show. Oh, my God. He did get blurred. Oh, good. Thank goodness. <laughs> that's very, it's good. Were reporting. you the bartender too, Brian? What are you, what are you doing? You look like pretty no, good. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just asking myself, how did I get here and how do I get out of here? <laughs> what a jerk, by the way. Like my friend, Brian is like, yeah, I don't oh, want to be your friend. You didn't even invite me to your okay, wedding. Let me ask you, what do you think would happen if your face wasn't blurred? Do you think the rock is going to call you and go, look, you're no longer with seven bucks. You were on Miz and Mrs. I saw your <laughs> face on there. Oh man. I don't, I don't know what kind of debauchery is going to happen at this baby shower of yours. I've been to some of your New Year's parties. I've seen how it degenerates into something unspeakable, I might add. So, wait, yeah, I'm playing a tape. So it must be that much fun. <laughs> That's true. Touche. <laughs> Brian, I, Rock runs for president. Miz is VP. Who is voting for anyone else? Um, do this? Brian's not, if I'm VP, Brian's not voting anymore. <laughs> Brian, I you're writing all the uh, bar all the a little lower. Right? Let's get Ms. Cast as Young Berserker 
on season two of Young Rock. You can put the Viking helmet on, just say Haas over and over again. We'll limit the where, what, How you're going to torture me in Young Rock. Like, I was like, what is he going to make me do? Like, I know something's coming. It can't be any worse than what you did to yourself. Like, here's the character we have for you. And then Brian's going to switch it all up and make me look like an idiot, which is fine because it's Young Rock and it's a hit show. If I had said to you, we have a great part for you on Young Rock and entails you dressing up as a bunny, hopping around and saying indecipherable lyrics for 27 minutes, you'd throw the script in my face. You'd go, that's terrible. And yet that's what you choose to do. When no, you're I think it's better. Highly successful. I think better. That's what I do. I take a script that could be crap. Usually I took most of your crappy scripts and I made it into something that was memorable and people t- still talk about to this day. All right. Well, well this is, like, this is do, you re- do you remember the... Uh, the uh, the good old uh, what was it Jimmy 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 Riley 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 uh, what was it uh, so the thing with Christian Randy Jimmy Riley, yeah Randy Jimmy Riley right? do you remember that promo yes yeah that was that was good stuff it was great stuff but was it really <laughs> <laughs> I I think it, I I don't I, I tend not I don't remember much you remember what happened after that that promo. I remember certain people backstage hated it. I do remember that. Hated it. Yeah. What well, happened? It amazing. And you're welcome. I'm sorry for accidentally setting your career back three years with that one promo, but I think it was worth it. I think, <laughs> I think it created a memory that will live on in the annals. I think so too. Oh, well, this is great. And I can do this. I can do this for hours and hours. I know you're, uh, but I know Brian has to make some uh, ad drops before uh, before the first pitch. I think at 4 p.m. Pacific time. Does he actually do anything, Sal? No, he does. I have to say, really, I wish I could take any credit, but Brian is uh, the force behind this league, and uh, mostly he does seem to have a lot of time for it, even though he is a big time uh, network executive now. It's it's Sunday nights at 10 o'clock is the once a week ad drop thing, and I'm not wasting time texting people like the Miz going, how come no one told us how to do an ad drop? I'm like, it's literally detailed <laughs> on the main page. That was my first year in it. I'm sorry that I wasn't aware that you guys are lazy and only ad drop <laughs> once a week. All right, how about we fast forward to literally today? Every day. How do you do this podcast? Is it happening or not? Like we literally emailed you the code. <laughs> I did not get the email. I guess I wasn't cool enough to get it. But I was I called at like 1057. I go, are we doing this thing or what? Can I get a Zoom? Can I get something? <laughs> and you're like, we're already here. I'm like, nobody decided to put me in this loop. Well, maybe, right. no offense, but maybe if you, you know, maybe all your AOL emails, which you some inexplicably still use, go to junk. You should like join us, Mr. I don't know what TikTok is. Maybe you should get an actual email address that's used in the 21st century and then you wouldn't be in the dark. Interesting. My email addresses are from when I was like in high school and I'm keeping yeah. them because they're cool <laughs> in my book. <laughs> Brian, like, you know, Brian's trying to, he's trying to punch up your email address now. It's really yeah. just yeah. never ends. I know what he's really trying does. to do. He's trying to egg me on to where I'm like, my email is blah, 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 blah. <laughs> not going to happen. Nice try though. Well, no I, one ever sent me an email. Did you check it? No. Okay. <laughs> I 100% I check my emails all the time. <laughs> you could have been invited to the, the Cleveland Indians World Series Parade. You don't even know it. My God. Yeah. Check the junk folder. Can't uh, wait well, to get my 100 bucks for my Super Bowl win. That's right. Yeah. All right. Looking so you guys have a bet. That's very exciting. Again, I think you got ripped off odds wise, but it's more of the principle of it, Miz. You'll take even odds at the, at the now uh, with Jadavian Clowney. 
And the Cleveland Browns now. Yeah, we're talking about next Bowl. year's Super Bowl. This isn't like Super Bowl in perpetuity where it's like 2046 yes. and old man Miz is calling me going, oh, you said on extra points that if the Browns win the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, no, this is next year's Super Bowl. Yeah, so we're going to have to. Super Bowl, it. yes. All right. Excellent. Uh, I'm glad we can go out on a low note. <laughs> throw, me, throw me all your plugs there, Miz. This is great, Miz and Mrs. You are now, you have to have take revenge on Bad Bunny. Um, are we going to see you in the bunny costume anymore or do you, you feel like obviously not? I mean, Brian hates it so much <laughs> that I don't think I could ever be in a bunny costume ever again. Good. My job is done. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, you can watch uh, Monday night raw every, every Monday, uh, USA network from eight to 11. And then after that, right after that is my reality show with my family, Ms. And Mrs. Uh, it goes 11, 1130 and it's funny. It's family friendly. Uh, so definitely tune in and, and watch it's, it's a lot of fun. It's great stuff. And Bri, a few more episodes of Young Rock. Yeah, we got Young Rock, three more episodes, Tuesday, NBC. I like how you and Miz were all in the NBC Universal family. Yes. Miz can enjoy some ZOA as I am doing right now as well. Wow, <laughs> look at you just plugging it all. Where's the tequila? <laughs> hmm. Well, that's for, that's for when the Browns win the Super Bowl. So I, I might have to uh, you know keep that. And store uh, I'm surprised you're not wearing your Under Armour Rock uh, gear and wearing no, your true. From I the decided rock. to wear a Lindor jersey just for you, but you know, next <laughs> time, next time I see you, we'll have uh, Project Rock stuff. <laughs> I love it. I love. I mean, this could go on forever. I, we could just. I don't have premium Zoom, so I guess it can't go on forever. But I suppose you guys could just go back and forth. This is terrific. Well, thanks for coming well, on. Well, we will on Twitter because yeah, Brian never has. He's one of those Twitter trolls. You know, every week I get some sort of troll from Brian. Yeah. I'm like, God, he's like that. Can I, can I actually, can I say something? In, in like version of the person that sits in a room by himself and just tweets with his, with his, with his, like uh, his Zoa, his Zoa energy drink and his computer. He's got a piece of pizza hanging out of his mouth, you know, flopping all over his, his Mets Lindor jersey going, <laughs> I'm going to get Miz with this one. Look at your bunny suit. Can't believe I couldn't even understand the lyrics. Well, listen to the damn song then. And guess what? You'll hear the lyrics and how genius they are. I tried it several times. I couldn't make out a word of it, but I will say this and I'll break some news for you, Sal. I know we want to wrap up. But WWE, I mean, I don't know if this is, I'm even allowed to say this, but WWE called me mm. to participate in a Miz documentary. Oh, there we go. And they asked me to put over Miz. And I said, they I did really not feel- because I strategically told them, make sure they know they can be as real and say exactly what is on their mind. No, they asked me and I said, I don't know if I feel comfortable putting over Miz for two hours. And then they offered me a significant amount, enough money to cover my horribly increasing gambling habit, um, you know, for at least the next few weeks. So ultimately I agreed to it. So, you know, you'll see this quote unquote troll um, putting over Miz like there's no tomorrow. Interesting. WWE documentary coming out. Now, Brian, is your face going to be blurred or did you eventually sign the release? <laughs> no, I, I, I did sign the release for that one. Okay. It's the only way the check would clear. So I I did, I'm not going to actually watch it, but I did speak in it. So, you know, it's progress. It's baby okay. Stuff. All right. That's nice, Miz. See? See, I'm a nice guy. What can I say? <laughs> You're both nice guys. All right. Let's take a quick break.
All right, let's bring in our guest. You can see him at Survivor Series live this Sunday on Peacock and the WWE Network. Coming to you from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Yes, he's a WWE's best-looking man in a kilt since Rowdy Roddy Piper, Drew McIntyre, the chosen one. Thanks for being here. No, thank you for having me. You know all about Rowdy Roddy Piper. I remember the last thing you two were tagging. That's right. That's right. Is that, Do they talk about that in the dressing room a lot? My match with Santino Morello back in, uh, what was that, 2008? I, I imagine it's still um, big news. Right? Oh, uh, sure. I mean, I think about it a lot, at least. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good enough for me. Drew, we're, uh, we're primarily a football podcast. We complain a lot about the uh, refs. But I have to say, I've been watching um, Raw and SmackDown. The officiating in wrestling is just awful. It's really never been worse. <laughs> Do you agree? Foreign objects, undetected, refs <laughs> distracted by managers. Is it worse for you or do you not want to say, will you get fined if you say anything on this podcast? I say pretty much whatever I think. And I have to agree with you. The refs are bloody useless 95% of the time. <laughs> okay, good. Good. That's how I saw it. All right, Survivor <laughs> Series this Sunday. Always one of the best WWE events. People don't realize it's the second oldest annual event only behind WrestleMania. Did you watch Survivor Series? Do you remember watching it growing up? Oh, yeah. I watched absolutely everything I get my hands on. You know, everybody thinks in Scotland, you know, we just run around in the hills and kilts, drinking whiskey and eating haggis, which is true. <laughs> but we also have modern technology and modern shows. And when I was a kid, we did a WWE, WWF at the time, and I watched it every single week. And everything I get my hands on, I was watching, including the big four pay-per-views, the WrestleMania, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, and SummerSlam. That's terrific. And you're part of, like I said, a huge match, Team Raw versus your squad, Team SmackDown. I have to say, now you guys are one guy short. You're going to announce on SmackDown Friday who your fifth, well, your, your fourth partner, who makes up the fifth. On It's Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Rey Mysterio, and Bobby Lashley versus you, Xavier Woods, Jeff Hardy, and Happy Corbin. Team Raw is pretty stacked. I, I list them as the favorites. Do you know who you're going to be adding? I don't know who we're going to be adding, but I've got some thoughts on the matter. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if I was going to pick the last member of the team, I'd probably go for somebody I've known for 20 years. You know, we come up the ranks together in Europe where we both get signed to WWE. You know, we traveled all across Europe. I was 19 years old at the time. He was about 47 years old at the time. He's a little bit on in years. We've been on and off friendship but I know how dangerous he is in the ring. And I would add Sheamus because I know what he's capable of physically. And us together on the same team with Drake Havoc all over the hey, team Raw. I was at Team SmackDown. I'm still not used to being on SmackDown. I was on Raw for so many years. Mm -hmm. but team SmackDown. Team SmackDown this Sunday. Yeah, this is, well, so shit, why don't you just add Sheamus? Or can you not add Sheamus? You're not able to. Uh, I mean, I don't know if I get that call. I mean, I've been away from <laughs> SmackDown for two weeks. I was just in Europe there. I just at the MTV Europe Awards on Sunday, so I missed SmackDown this past Friday. But when I get into SmackDown this Friday, uh, live in uh, Hartford, I'm right. going to probably start swinging my big sword around. Anyone that doesn't watch the show, I've got about a six-foot sword I carry to the ring. I'm going to swing that bad boy about and get our team right. Okay, good. That seems scary enough to, to inspire anybody. Uh, let me ask you this. If you could add one opponent, sorry, one partner, to the fifth to make it your fifth from his or her prime from history who do you choose from the prime in history <sighs> probably stone cold steve austin when really? he was at when he was on fire at the top of his game he wasn't losing too many matches that stunner was beating everybody mm. okay that's the wrong answer the answer is rowdy roddy piper i mean we, uh, we gave you a nice hint <laughs> to begin with yeah, yeah piper yeah actually you know piper wasn't losing too many matches too especially to hogan that's right to. 
he, that's okay. <laughs> he would not, he would not get him over. He wouldn't do it. You were, um, I know, you know, I'm a big fan of Rowdy Roddy Piper's. I was good friends with him. Uh, luckily meeting him was probably top five moments of my life for sure. Uh, did you, I know they tried to, you said earlier in the year, they tried to get work an angle with you and Roddy, right? Yeah, Roddy actually did uh, when I was younger in my early 20s. We started building a relationship, uh, which was crazy to me uh, to get so close to somebody I grew up admiring so much. Of course, I was like finding out Santa Claus and it wasn't real when I found out he wasn't from Scotland. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, we built a relationship over the phone. He gave me some great advice. He'd watch my stuff at the time. And looking back now, I had such a long way to go. If it did materialize, Maybe it wouldn't have been the best thing, but I would have learned a lot. But nonetheless, I got to speak to him on the phone all the time. As you know, he was such an amazing human being and he knew this industry inside now and he really helped me out a lot. And I wish he was still around today to see how far I've been able to come. He would have been proud of you for sure. Yes, like you mentioned, you're born in Ayer, Scotland. Is that how you say it? A-Y-R, right? That's close. Air, like air? fresh air. Damn, I was going to go with there. And Roddy was born in Saskatoon, Canada, but yes. Uh, Basically but, the same place. Yeah, it's the same, but six of one. Uh, yeah, and you both wore kilts. You know, I was such a big fan. I would wear a kilt to like, these guys know Madison Square Garden and Nassau Coliseum. And my Aunt Joan made me a kilt, my father's sister. And then I came home one uh, semester from middle school and I had all across the board in a progress report uncooperative behavior in class because I would talk like Rowdy Roddy Piper and I would yell at the teachers. And then all of a sudden the kilt disappeared. I couldn't find it. I think my father <laughs> took it for a ride, much like he did the uh, pet cat um, that he got sick of. So um, I guess the question is, were you being a true Scotsman when you're running around to school? In that kilt? <laughs> no, I, you know what? It was cold. I had to take the train to Penn station. So yeah, I couldn't. That's no excuse. You're, <laughs> in Scotland. <laughs> you're right. You're right. That was the problem. I no couldn't. underpants allowed. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you go to Vince McMahon and Vince gives you the nickname, the uh, chosen one. What was it like meeting him for the first time? Was it intimidating, different than you expected? Were you were you expecting something a little more out there like the uh, dog catcher or uh, the calligrapher? Or were you happy with the chosen one? Uh, I mean, I love the, the chosen one thing. For anyone that doesn't know Vince McMahon, uh, the head of WWE and wrestling, as we know it, went on television, announced myself as somebody who reminded him of him a future world champion, the future of this industry. So it was insane um, to be given that title of the chosen one. Things didn't work out. I had to go through some ups and downs to get to where I'm at today. Mm -hmm. But the first time I met him was a couple of years before that. I'd just been signed to WWE. I was in catering. I just arrived in America. I was literally at university three weeks prior, like in my dorm watching wrestling. And suddenly I'm part of the roster. I'm in catering. I'm sitting there eating my food, looking around going, oh my God, there's The Undertaker. Oh my God, there's Batista. Oh my God, I'm in the same roster. And I turn back in front of me and Vincent Mann sits down. We have this back and forth conversation for about five minutes. He's just asking me you know, how I'm settling in, how I'm enjoying myself. And he's looking forward to the future. And I'm speaking at him. And every time I speak at him, he gets a funny look at his face. Then he speaks and he leaves the table. And I finally realized at the time, my accent was a hundred times thicker than it is right now. Wow. I mumble in general. And I went, oh my God, he didn't understand a word I just said. I've ruined my entire WWE career <laughs> in one conversation with Vince. So that was our first meeting with him. And I was convinced he had no idea what I said. Well, you know what? A lot of heels have, uh, were, were, you couldn't tell exactly anything. And the Iron Sheik went for many, many decades and you couldn't understand a word he said. But uh, it yeah, you need to decide the important words. That's true. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <Right. laughs> you made out jabroni every two and a half minutes. It was a, it was a win. Hey, um, 
How much fun of the Miz did you make uh, about his time on Dancing with the Stars? Oh, I thought he did a great job, actually. I was getting ready to rip him to shreds because in the <laughs> ring, <laughs> the best times is, uh, what's the nice way to say it? Because he's done very well for uh-huh. himself. Uh, he has not one athletic bone in his body. That's a nice way to say it. But, um, and no timing half the time. But to watch him on Dance with the Stars, he did a hell of a job. So I can't say anything negative because I know I cannot dance one bit and I'd be terrible on that show. So props to him. I know you're right. I wanted to make fun of him and I'd send him a message every week and he would, uh, he would laugh, but he would, he would do a good job. My wife and I would watch him and he, uh, he made it further than I thought for sure. Damn it. You know, the things are like <laughs> handed to you on a silver platter. Yeah, I was ready to rip into shreds. Right. Yeah. Can't do it. Uh, yeah. Do you have any sports teams you've adopted since uh, moving here to America full time? Yeah, I mean, I had a few teams work on me. I lived in Tampa, Florida for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I had the, uh, the Bucks work on me for a while and, you know, I never really got into it. And I always thought of American football as rugby with pads on until the past few years when I really started paying attention and started to understand, um, you know, the tactics that are involved, the physicality and wearing the pads, the players tend to go a lot harder to each other and the injuries that are caused. So I got a greater appreciation for it. So I followed the Bucks in the season, you know, when the Super Bowl, when Brady came in, wasn't fully a fan. Then I moved to Nashville and the Predators, the hockey team, they really started doing me. They got... They got myself and my wife along, uh, Seamus and his girl along. We got front row. We got to watch hockey up close. And there is a sport where I was like, my goodness, the, the talent involvedness, the skill involvedness, be skating the whole game, trying to get your stick on this little tiny puck involved with the physicality involved. Um, I was very, very impressed. I got to meet you know, the manager, all the staff and all the players after the game. And I think the Predators might have me. They might have... You know, won me over, swing me enough that I'm going to be a Predators fan. You know, I have to say, you you have a lot in common with the Predators, right? Like started from nothing. I don't want to embarrass you, but you were what they would call in the industry a jobber, right? You would kind of lose. And then I don't know what, what hit you. All of a sudden, you're winning, you're winning, you're winning. You're the WWE champion. It's kind of like the Predators rise to greatness. Did you maybe take something from them? Uh, I do now because I didn't know the story. But yeah, I mean, what, what happened with me to wake me up was I got fired. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I spent eight years with WWE living my dream somewhere along the line. You know, things went way off track and I had to get fired to gain some perspective, understand that it was my dream job and I wasn't giving it my all. That's what changed my mentality. I started working my arse off for three years, got back to WWE, made it to the top. But I didn't know their story too. So there we go. Maybe that's where that there connection came from you know what? subconsciously. So now I know. Maybe that's our next 30 for 30 documentary. We're going to do you uh, alongside the Predators and see the various similarities. All right, Eddie Spaghetti, I want you to jump on here. One of our producers here. Can, can we see, can I, we show you to Drew for a second? This is Eddie Spaghetti. Good size guy, right? Young guy. He claims he could beat up ju- just about any athlete. I mean, every week. He's I never Eddie said spaghetti. that. I oh, never no. said that. Just <laughs> one miniature athlete on the Houston Astros of baseball. That's it. Okay. I don't it. know. The, I don't remember the details. What are your dimensions, though, Spaghetti? Tell Drew. Right now, I'm probably like 6'2", uh, 235, 240. 6'2", 240. Can he take, let's say, Ray Mysterio in a fight? No. I'm yeah, saying Ray's, no. That's a very tough guy. You know, he's been wrestling since he was basically in diapers. It's all he's ever done. And it's not just that he's got the professional wrestling moves. You know, he trained the Lucha Libre in Mexico. He knows right. where to go for. He's not scared to put a thumb in an eye. 
if it comes to it. But, you know, I'm six foot five, 275 pounds myself, and we've got some salty guys in the roster. If you think you can take everybody, I'll introduce you to a little guy called Brock. There you go. On roster. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. And you'll keep and quiet. in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. See, Spaghetti, it's not always the bigger person that wins. <laughs> I, uh, I completely agree with everything Drew said. I would not take on any of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, uh, Survivor Series is going to be fun. This uh, from the Barclays Center, right? there in Brooklyn Sunday, November 21st. You still have to pick a fifth for your team. Might I recommend Taylor Swift? She takes down um, uh, men uh, twice her size. Yeah, I mean, if I can get her to date the guys and dump them and write songs about them over the next few days, <laughs> break their hearts, we've got a one. <laughs> I think that's a perfect match. Do it up. Pay-per-view Sunday, November 21st. Thanks for joining us, Drew. Well, thanks for having me, lads. Appreciate you all. And hope thanks, to see you on Sunday. Good luck, thanks, Drew. everybody. All right. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break before we talk to Johnny Knoxville. All right, FanDuel Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And with FanDuel, same game parlays. You can turn little bets into big paydays. Yes, over under points, three-point shooting, spread, side, total, anything at your disposal. Do it all on FanDuel Sportsbook. Payouts in as little as two hours. Easy to use, safe, and secure. Plus, if you're a new customer, you get a risk-free first bet up to $1,000. It makes every game feel like the finals all season long. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app or head to FanDuel.com and sign up using promo code against all odds to bet the NBA today and get your first bet risk-free. All right. Here he is. Our guest today is a good old American icon. Who's made a career out of getting red, white, and black and blue. And this week he's going to go from the suplex to the cineplex as he participates in the WWE Royal Rumble. But the new movie out on February 4th, Jackass Forever. He's the Tom Brady of twisted testicles. He's twisting them now. Johnny Knoxville is here. What's happening, Johnny? Oh, oh, guys. Oh, hey, Sal. How you doing? I know how these junkets are. You got it. It's hard to get a workout in between. Yeah. God, I'm just... uh... You know, Whoa. exercising, getting ready. <laughs> nice. I love it. How excited are I mean, you have so much going on right now. You've done some ridiculous stunts over the years. I've been in the WWE ring. It sounds fun. You cattle prodded someone, Sami Zayn, the other night. That low down and dirty Sami Zayn? Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Will you be able to bring the cattle prod in the ring Saturday for the Royal Rumble? I'm not going to need any uh, props for the Royal Rumble this Saturday night. I'm going to be flying those superstars out of the ring like paper airplanes, Sal. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. My kids are so excited. If you could bring one um, object in, one weapon, what would you choose? Oh, man. You know, God. If I could bring one, you know, I, I think for that low down and dirty Sami Zayn, uh, yeah. I think pepper spray is appropriate for him. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that won't let him out. off the hook for like 20 minutes. Yeah, that's good. Well, we have the over under two and a half nut shots. We actually have a pool where you last over under six and a half minutes. I know you're a gambling dude. Can we bank on the over there that you last six and a half minutes? Last six. Well, it depends. If I come out. Uh, 29th, you know, I'm just going to need about three minutes. That's to true. Throw, uh, whoever it, whoever it is over the rope. I right. don't care, Sammy, or I don't care, uh, Sal. Yeah. See, I got Sammy on the brain. I know. I know. You're very focused. I see. Now, yeah, guys my name's in, guys in Knoxville. I come from the South. 
I yeah. like to talk smack and run my mouth. All the girls say I'm something to see. I'm the new king of the WWE. That's uh, right. I love it. Well, there's a new poet laureate of the WWE. There have yeah. been guys who have uh, hit under the ring. They've handcuffed themselves to the turnbuckle. You have any shenanigans? I mean, you shouldn't tell me if you do. But well, you- I will. I will be seriously surprised if most of the superstars aren't hiding under the ring for me oh, Saturday really? night. That would probably be wise. Yeah. Yeah. Who was your guy? I was a Piper guy growing up. I would wear a kilt to school. I'd get suspended because I'd be screaming at my teachers in Piper's voice. Who was your guy uh, growing up? God, you know, I grew up watching Georgia State wrestling, and yeah. I loved Abdullah the Butcher. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he come out in those tights and those genie shoes. I yeah, watched, he was, yeah, he was great. You know, what's funny about him is I was doing a, a movie in Columbia, Tennessee, and I don't know, 2006-ish. Uh, and he was living there, and he'd go into local bars in his genie shoes, right? But he didn't <laughs> want to be bothered. You know, he's like, oh, please leave me alone. Uh, I'm just in my genie shoes. <laughs> <laughs> he was the king of blading, right? Like he would, uh, in fact, he must have turned 80 or something the other day. He wrestled, I think, into his 60s or something. Yeah, yeah. I was watching footage of him. He would blade and he would blade to the opponent. And uh, like it was nothing, really. Like he was brushing yeah. his teeth. Like really, like forward. he could put a quarter. He could put a quarter into the grooves in his head. He bladed so much. <laughs> That's, That's for real. Uh, all right. So take us behind the scenes. I know you're very busy. Uh, Jackass forever. I've had the, the luxury of sitting with you in, in a think tank and coming up with props, uh, ideas and stuff. And I wasn't. You guys a, are the best at no, pranks, no. man. I love sitting with you and Jimmy. You guys do some amazing pranks. And yes, you guys have helped us over the year. So uh, just like you guys should be on the Mount Rushmore pranks. There you go. That's all I want you to say. I'll let you go now. That's fine. No, no, no. <laughs> no, but what makes you so much better than us is, you know, we figure, all right, we're setting aside this two, three hours to really, you know, bang these out. And you're like, Hey, do you want an iced tea? And, uh, yeah. Uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. And you get up to pour the iced tea and, uh, Jeff, Jeff is all, all of a sudden like, no, 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 whoa, whoa, don't let him do it. We look over and you're urinating in the iced tea you're about to get. You don't ever take a break, even when it's time to work, obviously, on the pranks. I think that's what makes you the best, Johnny Knoxville. Well, Sal, I was accidentally urinating in your iced oh, tea, I and I apologize for that. <laughs> I didn't mean to be. Okay, all right. I accept your apology. And you have a busted urethra, too, right? Oh, I've got to busted a lot of things, but yeah, I busted my urethra once and had to catheter for three and a half years. Uh, after that, wow. the thing that was about this long and the size of a pencil and I'm putting it in something that's about that long. So it made right. no sense. <laughs> right. It doesn't make sense. Do you, when you do like a new movie, like the fourth, do you research? Are you like a football player where you do research? You watch old tape, like a boxer from the first three movies to see how you could do things differently or improve, or is it just, we're moving on? You know, that's a discussion like Jeff and I will go, you know, we should go back and watch the old movies. Right. Mm -hmm. And we never do, (laughs) (laughs) you know, we're terrible at at that kind of thing. It's, it's amazing. We get any footage at all, Sal, because Jeff and my attention span is just terrible. Right. So, uh, but we managed to, to to get footage, and I'm really psyched on this new one. It's just as good as any of the others. Uh, we brought wait. in some new blood, some new cast members, and they work great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we're psyched for everyone to see this. And I'm psyched it. for Saturday night 
oh man, I am red hot. Like I am angry. I am <laughs> angry. Really? I can't wait to get in that ring. <laughs> that pretty boy Austin Theory has yeah. had it. Like yeah, I'm yeah. praying Vince McMahon puts him in the ring with me. Praying. What number do you want to draw? Do you want to go? Do you want to see everybody or do you want that 29? I mean, there are 30, right? So if you got 29, probably yeah, about no, five or like, six look, Yeah. I, I would be happy with being drawn number one. Mm. I, I, I'm happy with kicking their ass all day long. It makes no difference to me whether I'm one or 30. I'm going to be getting my money's worth. And I've asked the WWE to not sit any fans in the first three or four rows because I'm going to be slinging those superstars at least that far. <laughs> That's good. For fan safety. You know, I don't think they would give you number one because they're probably more afraid of what you would do alone in the ring for two minutes than what you would do, uh, you know, with, with 10 or 12 guys right there. Well, I mean, we're going to have uh, Steve O in my corner, Jeff Tremaine, uh, Preston Lacey, Jasper Dolphin, one of the new cast members. So I'm going to have a pretty, pretty uh, red hot corner. So God knows what they're going to get into. Who aside from you and the Jackass crew you think would do uh, the best in a Royal Rumble? Pontius is so strong. Pontius yeah. is freakishly strong as his, in his trained wrestling. Um, he would do really well because he's got technique and strength. Really? All right. Yeah. Maybe he gets in the next one. Oh, well, maybe you figured him into this. Um, wow. I'm very excited about this. I'm excited about the movie. You know, when the movie wraps, I was thinking about it. Like when movies wrap, like Nicole Kidman must be like, oh, thank God. I, you know, I get to go home. I was in Iceland for three months. Who gives a shit about that? When you rap, you're like, oh my God, I survived, right? Like it's a just, um, it's a different feeling than any of these other schlubs in Hollywood. It's such a true thing. Like at the end, I'm like, I'm still walking. I'm, <laughs> I'm psyched. Like how, I have those thoughts. Yeah. I literally have those thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, you should. How, yeah. How, uh, how boring is your actual death going to be? Like when you get pneumonia at 90, you ever think of that? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's probably not going to be half as exciting as some of the things I've done. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I, I die of a bronchitis, um, you know. Yeah, I'm trying to think what's next for you. Like Super Bowl halftime show, you let Dr. Dre or Snoop fire you out of a cannon. Have you have you figured that out? I mean, where, well, where you, even you know, I if they need some help with the halftime show, I'm there. But you know, right after this, I got to go back to. Uh, getting my curls in because I'm preparing for those, uh, superstars on Saturday night. Superstar. Right. All right. Well, I don't want to keep you any longer. I know you've been watching the football games. We're trying to make money off of this. You should put your bets yeah. in now because God forbid, if you don't survive Saturday, you know, I'm not going to come collect. I'm not, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bag like if that. I don't yeah. survive Saturday, you're yeah. going to be stuck with quite a bill. Sal. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we rooting for? What are we going to do? Ram Rams chiefs are the, uh, the, the darling picks this week. It seems like. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I, man, it's such an exciting time of the year. I, I was, I've never been a Brady fan my like whole life. Mm -hmm. But in the last two years, I've just embraced him, right? Just yeah. embraced him. It's like the man's amazing. And I was, I was bummed when they lost Saturday and what a comeback they made. But Kansas City is, uh, they got Patrick Mahomes and that electric offense and the Rams with that crazy defense of Von Miller and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, who's in Jackass forever and who's great. He was right, so fun to right. with. 
Like he just instantly got it and was funny and was laid back and chill. Like I'm a huge Jalen Ramsey fan now. That's awesome. See, I mean, that analysis is just as good as Bradshaw or Howie Long or anything. Really just jump on the Fox crew on Sundays. What do we, I think that, <laughs> I think we figured out what's next for you. Uh, yeah. I'm very excited for Saturday. Uh, even more excited about the movie. Thank you said you. it all. You've done it all. Just please be careful, Johnny. You're a, okay, a national treasure. Okay, I'm going to place now. It's been good, yeah. but, you know, I got to get back to, again. oh, God, this is 315, <laughs> Sal. Oh, God. Johnny Knoxville, look at that. He's got a oh. quarter of a text, testicle, and look at that form. Oh, oh. wait a Thanks, Johnny. Oh. <laughs> oh. Appreciate it. Okay, Sal, see you later, buddy. See you, pal. Oh. oh, someone give him a spot. Where's Wee Man when we need him? Oh, God. Good job, fellas. I'd look forward to facing off against you all if I hadn't retired undefeated back in 2008. Look it up on YouTube. Anyway, that'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds. For The Miz, Drew McIntyre, and Johnny Knoxville, I'm Sal, saying so long and happy handicapping.